Welcome to Bolly Biz for Lovers, part of the Alberta Podcast Network, powered by ATB. I'm Aaron Fraser. And I'm Matt Bose. In this episode, we're thrilled to welcome Bolly Twitter royalty Sal Salam, a.k.a. Sal and the Bad Pun, to discuss two campy crime films starring the versatile Rekka. First up, Rekka stars as a formidable crime lord in Deepak Shivadasani's 1994 gender-flipped take on Amitabh Bachchan's Don, Madame X. Then she falls for Akshay Kumar while running a deadly underground fighting ring in New York, or maybe Toronto, in Umash Mehra's 1996 action flick, Kialadi Kakalati. Before we begin, we would like to respectfully acknowledge that we record this podcast on Treaty 6 territory, traditional lands of First Nations and Métis people. Welcome, Sal! Hi! Oh my god, I'm so glad to be here! Oh, good! You finally made it to the Thunderdome, where we have our <laughs> underground fighting ring. <laughs> We are so excited to have you on. Matt and I have been talking about this for a while. And then Shaw beat us to it. Yeah, Shaw got you first. <laughs> to be fair, though, we love Shaw. Yeah. Uh, and he he needs a guest for all his episodes because he doesn't have a regular co-host. Yeah. So, you know, as as disappointing as it was, it was a, it was also a pleasure because those episodes you did with Shaw are great. So yeah, we'll, they're link really fun. Them, we'll link them below. That's the split screen podcast. I always say Shah is like the KGO to my Alia, like <laughs> ushered me into podcasting. He's like, you know, in Bollywood parlance, he's like my godfather in that sense. So he, like, I, I'm really thankful to him because like he, he was like sitting there and he was like drinking his Jack Daniels, I yeah. think. Yeah. And it's like, we're going to make this really chill. And then uh, he was trying to get me comfortable. And then he got me so comfortable that I wouldn't let him talk. And, <laughs> Yeah, that's the way the podcast usually goes, so mm-hmm. that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, and like I said, I, I recommend checking out those episodes because uh, they were a lot of fun. And only further convinced us that we wanted to sit down with you and discuss discuss uh, Rekka. He was also tweeting me last night that he's so excited that we're talking about a Kaladi <laughs> film. But probably because this one takes place maybe in Toronto, it's tough to tell. Yeah. So that's his hometown. Mm-hmm. And you know, I've driven right by that uh, place where they have the murder-death matches <laughs> next to the... CN Tower, so yeah, Mm -hmm. that's he knows all about that. But uh, yeah, so we're talking Rekka today. Mm -hmm. But before we get to that, uh, Sal, why don't you tell us and our listeners a bit about yourself and your background and your interest in Bollywood? Uh, Well, okay. Uh, So uh, my name is Sal, as you all have heard. I um, I think I connected with Matt and Aaron on Twitter, mm-hmm. uh, on which uh, I'm at Sal and the, uh, Sal and the Bad Pun, uh, which which makes sense when you go on and you see like the terrible usernames I come up with like mm-hmm. <laughs> every couple of days. Um, I um, I came upon Bollywood or I started being really, really into Bollywood. The, the, the typical sort of like Desi Kid way, it was like uh, really big for me very, very early in my life. I think my earliest sort of like memory of like, um, pop culture was Sri Devi's Lamhe, another double role movie, mm-hmm. actually, uh, like um, Madame X. And uh, I think since then, it, it's it's been just the source of um, wonder and uh, also like this conduit to like being interested in film in general, uh, art in general. Um, and also like, I think like a lot of other concerns. I think I, I, I started thinking about feminism because like I'd watch mm. things like Ladla and be, be like really angry and be like, this is horrible. How can they treat her that way, etc. And um, films like Madame X and so on were also part of that for me because um, it was that idea of like really strong women, mm-hmm. um, seeing them in films. I think like just seeing uh, women be 
badass in films in contrast to what I was seeing because I grew up in very conservative places. I was born and I grew up in Abu Dhabi. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, then, uh, you know, I finished high school in Dhaka, Bangladesh. Um, and those are, I mean, there's a lot of... Um, diversity in terms of what kinds of lives you can have there but there's still some circumscription mm-hmm. um, in mainstream society of what kind of experience you can have as a woman or a gender minority or someone who's lgbtq etc so i think like films that uh gave that presented uh the idea of uh you know they see women especially uh being bold and being unfettered and you know sort of like messing with conven- uh, conventions and um you know getting the best of men <laughs> and getting the best of like polite society were were primers to me on how to be in the world hmm. uh you know even even if some of those movies were you know in 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 a classic or conventional sense quite terrible or um at the very least you know campy and outrageous i think uh they got me thinking about a lot of things uh that that become preoccupations as you grow older you know like mm-hmm. justice and equity and so on and so forth um so that that was the beginning of it for me and i've been thinking about it and i grew up writing about it i remember in fifth grade um i wrote an essay on lamhe uh, for my english class um which uh my teacher took uh around like to the other classes which did not endear me to anyone else <laughs> because you don't want to be the fifth grader whose uh essays being like talked up in like old mm. like older <laughs> kids. Yeah. So, that sort of set a precedent of like not like not popular style. <laughs> uh, but yeah, like I think um it was just a great way for me to think about myself and my place in the world, like Bollywood and women in Bollywood especially. <laughs> and Rekha is someone who's um one of the most um iconic like she's like Bollywood iconography mm. basically. you know uh she speaks to so many of those archetypes and narratives like classic narratives um uh, that exist in bollywood you know the sort of ingenue in the big bad world like in the 70s uh the makeover right uh the larger than life affairs uh you know the courtesan like she was she was bollywood sort of like eternal courtesan and i think she's she still speaks to that with her films and her public persona mm-hmm. uh, and she's someone who took charge of her own career at a time where that wasn't super available to women in bollywood um and the and you know society at large uh she wrote her own rules she uh fashioned her own narrative again and again in that sense she's kind of like madonna mm-hmm. where <laughs> to who's uh, like madonna. Uh, <laughs> yeah aaron's drinking out of a madonna i'm drinking out of a madonna mug sorry <laughs> continue <laughs> like uh she's someone who reinvented constantly mm-hmm. uh, Uh, while staying true to sort of like this enigmatic like quintessence of what being Rekha meant uh, that no one's been able to replicate and mm-hmm. uh, it's fascinating to me because I watch some of these movies and now, now and I'm like okay this is not good acting per se uh, which is something she's entirely capable of she mm-hmm. uh, she was in uh, Umrao Jaan which was sort of a career defining movie for her and she won the national award for it and she's fabulous in it um but at the same time i think uh, as time went on and i think madam x was a big turning point in that regard um or maybe the film that sort of spawned madam x uh, khun bhari mang where uh, she got interested in the myth making of rekha mm-hmm. like uh, uh, in in interested in uh, becoming the architect of like this 
larger-than-life mythos and narrative of what Rekha meant. Um, so yeah, I'm so glad we're talking about this movie and Kilario Ka Kilario, which was sort of like, again, another Rekha renaissance, which she keeps having them, you know, regularly. Do you think, like both uh, Manamex and Maya in the Kaladi film, that Rekha speaks in the third person all the time? <laughs> <laughs> Just like, hmm, Rekha, she wants an omelet today. <laughs> I mean, I think like Rekha's films, I think Kunbari Mang onward, like several of them at least, um, especially in the 90s, she was playing these films, which spoke directly to her um to her personal narrative, right? Because there there would always be this idea of transformation. There would always be this idea of duality. And those were things she spoke about in terms of her personal life. Uh, I think the other fun part of these films is, you know, um, she's clearly paying homage to uh, Big B, Amitabh Bachchan, right? Mm -hmm. Because she's definitely sort of ripping off those cadences. She does the little shoulder shrug, the, yeah. you know extends the hand and so on which is also interesting because uh, uh if if one if one can believe like the filmy magazines of that time she um uh, amitabh bachchan was a sort of a key figure in her transforming herself like looks wise and acting wise and apparently he worked with her on her diction and delivery and all of those things uh, so to see her speak very directly in various ways to various aspects uh of her um of her persona and her narrative um in those two films and in some other films of that time um, is fascinating to me. And it just like hit me so much, like going back and watching Madame X uh, mm. recently for the, for, for this podcast where I was like, wow, this is, this is, this is hysterical because she's clearly doing like Amitabh Bachchan by way of Rajkumar parody here. Mm -hmm. Rekha is someone who was very, very adept at like taking things she like basically um, synthesizing material that she found interesting uh, into her own persona. Like uh, she was known for uh, quoting uh, Sophia Loren interviews verbatim, like unwitting <laughs> Desi reporters who had no idea. She's like, wait, did she do the like, how did you get this body? Well, I eat a lot of pasta. <laughs> she has it to spaghetti. Yeah, yeah, you gotta change it to, mm, I eat a lot of naan. <laughs> She threw like a Carlo Ponti reference in there and they didn't even question her on it. No, I mean, this is crazy because like she would, uh, she would do that all the time, like stuff like that, where she would quote these things that already existed and these hapless reporters would have no idea. And then they'd find out later that this is what she'd done. <laughs> uh, so she, she's, she's always been someone who's synthesized uh, like anything she's found interesting in her own persona and she's always played various parts even in real life there's a story about Rekha like um, people would call her at home and this little girl would answer and um, you know she'd have like the like she'd be like who do you want to ta talk to Rekha Rekha auntie is not at home and then the reporters would find out that they'd been speaking to Rekha <laughs> that's fantastic I love that. I don't feel like talking to you, so yeah, yeah <laughs> just exactly. pretend I'm someone else. Uh, I have a bit of background here on a uh, on Rekha, which touches on a lot of what you were speaking about, Sal. She has 190 credits on IMDb. It's pretty good. Uh, so she's a legend. <laughs> and I'm sure that IMDb is not exactly up on the metadata for all the Hindi films either, so it's probably higher. <gasps> potentially, potentially. Yeah. She started out as a child actress in 1966 in the Telugu film industry with Rangula Ratnam. Uh, she was forced to start acting at the age of 13 to support her family. And huh. She's talked a lot about how she really didn't want to do this. She didn't 
she wasn't necessarily interested in becoming an actress. She wanted to just be a regular teenager. Not but... from a filmy family either, right? Well, her <laughs> Do you want to explain that, Sal? Yeah. Yeah. So she's actually the daughter of one of the biggest stars. Oh, okay. She doesn't uh, make a big deal about it, though. Yeah, I think uh, it's complicated, right? So she, uh, her, her mom was his third wife in a sense hmm. but we don't know if it was legal um so he he never really owned her in public hmm. so um you know she was in a sense illegitimate his her mother pushpa Valley was also an actress um and so that's that's all the in, in for her mom that that was all she knew uh so you know when when the family was in dire streets financially um that was all to her. That was the only thing that could be done to, hmm. to put Rekha in, in films. Um, and Rekha didn't want that. Like, you know, as Aaron said, like she was really, 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 really unhappy about that. There's stories about her being like, basically like physically sort of like abused, like, you know, beaten hmm. up and so on uh, to get her to go on film sets. And she'd run away from film sets uh, because she was a kid. She was like mm -hmm. 13, 14, 15 when she like first started out. And they're horror stories. Like I think Rekha's, um, Rika's narrative um, really um, gives you a sense of how lawless the film industry was um, in the 60s and 70s. So when people have these sort of rosy, uh, rose-tinted memories of what the films were like, you know, you'll often hear like Daisy Uncles and aunties talk about how, you know, films back then didn't have kissing and, they, you know, they were so like, they were so genteel and so on. But like behind the scenes, it was horrific, mm -hmm. you know? There weren't protections for a lot of these women, you know. Women regularly had to go on set with their moms uh, mm -hmm. to, to feel safe. And even then, you know, there'd be all this stuff. And with Rekha, she was so young. She started out so young. And uh, the industry was very, very cruel to her. Mm -hmm. um, you know, uh, people, like, top figures felt the need to comment on her weight, mm -hmm. her skin color, um, all of this stuff. It's, like, actually, it's, it's horrific. Like, people she went on to work with and have great relationships with, like, mm -hmm. she should whom for whom she became like a mainstay in his own productions in the 80s she did some of her best work in his uh films utsav and kalyog and uh, so on uh vijeta but at the same time like you know he called her he said she could never be a heroine because she was too plump and dark and gauche hmm. um, these horrific things you know uh, because she was very forthright also about like her sexuality uh, you know people were very cruel about that like I think Nargis Dat whom you know who's this venerated figure said mm -hmm. she was wayward hadn't had a strong uh, male figure in her life a father figure in her life which is why she was so like uh, sexually fixated and things like that it's just horrible but it also like speaks to how different the landscape was in mm -hmm. uh, uh before people had agents and uh you know uh pr folks and so on like mm -hmm. you know so much more uh forthrightness and with reka you really see that in the 70s and 80s because she said some outrageous things that people who have only seen the reka who's draped in four kanjivaram saris at once at every wedding um, you know, uh, will will not probably associate with her. Like she was some who was who was very much part of you know the sexual revolution uh, in the 70s in Bollywood, and uh, it's really fun for me to think about that and um, know about. And even in the 90s, you know, she she was in Kama Sutra, which people mm -hmm. again said a career killer, and wasn't you know exposed her to an entirely new generation and uh, audience of uh, moviegoers. People uh, watching uh, Showcase at uh, one o'clock <laughs> in the morning is. I recall that movie. 
Yeah. But it, Showcase is Canadian, right? Yeah it, yeah, it would be Showtime in the States, I think. But, yeah. yep, I'm familiar with that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they would play it late at night here in Canada. <laughs> yeah. And so, you know, yeah, if you were a certain precocious teenager, you would you would stay up late at night to watch that and, like, Poison Ivy with Drew Barrymore. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God, Poison Ivy. <laughs> <laughs> it's great. It's great. I love it. It's a fine film. <laughs> uh, I think one of the things that defines Rekka... Rekka's career is her constant ability to reinvent herself. So kind of what you were saying, Sal, the way that she was judged for her dark features, her garish style, her weight, she she took that and completely reinvented her style, lost a bunch of weight, improved her diction because, you know, she came from South India, didn't speak Hindi when she started and didn't speak Hindi when she came to the Hindi film industry just a couple of years after hmm. she had her Telugu debut. And that reinvention features throughout her career you know and and so she's constantly just proving that she's a, that she's a survivor that she is going to stick around reinvent herself and continue to be relevant well heroines unfortunately don't have as long of careers yeah, yeah so the fact that she's able to you know gauge the water and change depending on what is needed is mm -hmm. kind of amazing mm -hmm. so she in the 70s was initially cast as you know for her looks um and as this kind of a dark kind of glamorous figure. She reached a turning point in 1978 with Gar where she played a rape victim and she received a lot of accolades for that. And then <laughs> then we have her relationship with uh with Amitabh Bachchan. Their last film together is 1981's Silsila by Yash Chopra which also stars Jaya Bachchan and from what I understand this movie we haven't seen it yet. I've been wanting to see it for years and we're, we're planning on our Amitabh Bachchan yearly thing. We're planning yeah. on watching it, but it really intimidates me because from what I understand is the alleged off-screen affair um, between Rekha and Bachchan is so important to kind of what the film is dealing with, with this uh, love triangle between the three of them on screen. Hmm. You need that background to be able to understand why it's so popular or? I potentially why it's so um, iconic because mm. the film didn't do well at the box office when it came mm. out. I think that's that's something people forget because it's it's sort of seen as a classic now. And I think it's seen as a classic because um, because of the marginalia, right? Like mm. that informs the text of the film itself. Uh, because originally Yash Chopra apparently wanted to make it with Praveen Babi and Smita Patel uh, opposite Amitabh, but it was Amitabh mm. who his wife and his um, alleged uh, <laughs> lover into the same frame. And here's the other thing that people don't remember about Amitabh, because the Amitabh Rekha love story has been uh, so overpowering and so so key to, um, I think, Bollywood sort of gossip narrative, just like uh, Nargis and Raj Kapoor. Mm -hmm. um, and now we have, of course, the uh, Ranveer, Ranveer, Ritika love triangle sister. Like, I think you forget that there were other players. And with the Amitabh story, he was actually, at that time, known to have been fooling around with a bunch of his um, mm. post -ups. But the Rekha one survives, that story survives, because A, Rekha seized upon it and made it part of her own mythos and her own narrative, which I think is amazing mm -hmm. because she took this thing that was used to turn her into like the other woman, the pariah, and she said, yo, this is part of my story. Now I'm going to make it part of my brand, you know? Mm -hmm. um, uh, the other part of it is Silsala, that she did that film with him. So it's on screen, like that story of like infidelity and Amitabh being torn between his wife and this other woman, um, you know, is 
like basically up there on screen for generations upon generations to sort of like get you know sort of like this prurient quasi prurient titillation from you know mm-hmm. and yeah, so one of those off-screen Jodies that uh, the film fans can tell, like, oh, yeah, that's right around when, okay, yeah. yeah. Well, and it, it also kind of, it it mythologizes this this love triangle uh, forever, you know, it kind of it kind of encapsulates, from what I understand, because we haven't seen it yet, but it, it, it makes it iconic, it elevates it, right? Like, mm-hmm. it, it makes it last, uh, you know, by agreeing to do a movie with your... Uh, your mistress and your wife, you're kind of going to force people to always remember that this happened. True. Yeah. Or, or con- people are going to continue to speculate. You know, it's a bit like Angelina Jolie and Brad Pitt, right? Like, mm-hmm. True. I think the great stars have always managed to comment on their off-screen persona via their work. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. be it, you know, Brad and Angelina, you know, who famously did that W magazine spread together right. around the time of Mr. and Mrs. Like, they basically invented the modern gossip industry with that, yeah. you know, uh, where they were like, we're seizing the narrative. So I think, like, the really, really great stars have again and again seized that narrative, like the gossip narrative, the extra textual narrative for themselves and incorporated it into their work and their persona. And Rico yeah. was really adept at that. Mm-hmm. Bogey and Bacall, too. I mean, Oh, yeah. That kind of thing, right? That that you can look at the movies through that lens, or you can look at through the historical lens. Mm-hmm. It, it just gives you more enjoyment of a film. Yeah, and that's one of the reasons why, like, I'm really excited to see Silsila, but it also intimidates me. Because, you got to work your way up to it. Yeah, 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 and 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 we are. Um, but just going back to kind of the last couple notes I have on on Rekha's filmography, she continued to play lead roles well into the 90s. And in the 80s, she did a lot of parallel cinema. She did a lot of art house stuff with Shashi Kapoor. Um, but in the 90s, you know, she kept she kept taking lead roles and she kept being offering lead roles while a lot of her contemporaries were starting to move into, you know, the mother roles and the mm. aunt roles, these yeah. more character-based roles. Uh, she won three film for awards. Best actress were Kupsara and Kun Bari Mang. Uh, and she talks about uh, when she accepted the film for award for Kun Bari Mang, that that was like a moment for her when she realized that she was she was more than just an actress. <laughs> mm. And that role, from what I understand, led her to do a lot of kind of revenge, revenge films where she was, uh, you know, sticking it to, to the man. Sure. She also won Best Supporting Actress for Kalayan Kaladi, uh, which we will be talking about later on in this episode. And well deserved. <laughs> yes, well deserved. And as you mentioned, Sal, she has a National Film Award uh, for Amrao John. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty good. Yeah, I, I, I think Rek is such a. She is such an intense figure. Yes. On screen, and I, I love, I love watching her because she's so. She's strong and she's fierce, and I feel like she knows she knows who she is and what she's doing. Yeah, yeah. There's I, a kind of witchy quality to her that I always like. Yes, yes. She's entrancing people into webs. Yeah, there's there's no one there's no one like her in Bollywood, and I think you know all of this all of this context that you're providing, Sal, about her personal life and how it influences um, her her narrative on screen. I think is really it's really in fa- fascinating, but it's also integral, I think, to understanding that presence and that persona. Mm-hmm. That hold that she has over over her audience and and her place within cinema. Mm-hmm. So I guess um, moving on from Rekha, because the films that we're going to be talking about, we're interested in looking at them through a camp lens. I wanted to quickly explain camp because to our I, listeners, yeah. yes, 
Yeah. Because I think camp is something that people frequently misunderstand what it means, what it is. I hear a lot of like, so bad, it's good language, uh, which always frustrates me because why can't something just be so good it's good? <laughs> yeah. That uh, might in fact be why it's good. It's the things that you think are bad. Yeah. Yeah. I especially think of, I, I hear people say that a lot about the work of uh, Paul Verhoeven, who like... Showgirls is just good. <laughs> it's I agree. Oh my god, yes, thank you. I think Showgirls is low-key a masterpiece. Yeah. Oh, it's amazing, and it's 100% camp, and Verhoeven knows exactly what he's doing in it. Yeah, he didn't accidentally make a movie. No, no. So, um, camp was, uh, and, and ideas around camp and, and what it means was articulated by Susan Sontag in her famous essay, Notes on Camp, from the 1960s. It's an aesthetic style and sensibility, and it appeals to bad taste and ironic value. Mm -hmm. So that's where, again, like, I think a lot of camp is misunderstood as being bad, when really that, that quality, that aesthetic, that style is baked into the fabric of, of something that is camp. Mm -hmm. uh, at its best, it disrupts modern ideas of what art is and what is good art. And its key elements include artifice, frivolity, a naive middle-class pretentiousness, and shocking excess. Now, there is a difference between naive and deliberate camp. So naive, I think you could use that so bad it's good label. It's stuff that... Um, that people that the makers don't necessarily realize is campy. <laughs> so mm -hmm. like the room would potentially fall into this. Sure. You know, people set out to make something good and it ended up being celebrated for its bad qualities. Mm -hmm. Deliberate camp is where is 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 a lot more subversive. Through the people engaging in the artistic process are deliberately trying to make something that is over the top and quote unquote bad in order to articulate uh, a critique or or comment on society. Uh, so kind of some of the best examples are obviously Verhoeven with mm -hmm. Showgirls and Starship Troopers, John Waters films, 1960s Batman, the television show, that's yeah. classic camp, Cher, <laughs> and all of her Bob Mackie <laughs> oh, costumes, yeah, okay. very camp. Uh, as well as I would say um, our like modern camp tour is uh, Anna Biller, who oh, yeah. if you haven't seen Viva or The Love Witch, they're incredible. Yeah. So, Have you seen either of those movies? I love The Love Witch. Oh, good. I find the intersection between camp and Bollywood really fascinating because when when we first came to Bollywood, one of the first directors we fell in love with was Farah Khan. And I immediately saw things like Om Shanti Om and Tismar Khan through a camp lens. She was mm -hmm. deliberately being metatextual. She was deliberately like being cheesy and, and commenting on... Bollywood, and then I discovered that everyone thought I had terrible taste because I love these movies. But there is like an artificial, over-the-top quality to a lot of Bollywood that I think a lot of people reject or or dismissed or again think is uh, low quality. That I actually personally see as a lot more kind of uh, campy and 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 celebratory and subversive. There's something to be said for intent. People are not accidentally saying, Madame X is a, uh, the express train of death. <laughs> <laughs> she didn't accidentally say that. She put her whole into that. Like mm -hmm. she's completely going for it for the express purpose of being extremely entertained. Yeah. Uh, what do you think, Gasal, about potentially the intersection between camp and Bollywood? Okay, I mean, first of all, this is like maybe my favorite, like, 
podcast conversation ever because it's a Rika and we name checked Sontag, which is <laughs> so happy. But, uh, but yeah, I think Rika is someone who um, claimed camp mm-hmm. into her on screen narrative and her off screen narrative, right? Mm-hmm. This is someone who very deliberately turns up with Sindur and like that you know, kabuki mask with makeup and, uh, you know, this one look which lends itself to, you know, sort of that that Miss Havisham sort of area of humor. <laughs> yeah. um, and, uh, but at the same time, it's deliberate. It's uh, it's witty. It's commentary on who she is, you know, uh, the the almost bride, right? The, <laughs> the black widow, et cetera, et cetera. I think uh, it, she, she, she comments on it in her personal life. And I think at that point, especially, she was commenting on it uh, on those, you know, on the, on that kind of chatter about her or um, through her films, because she did a bunch of those Avenging Angel films, as you said. She did another double role film in that period, which also flopped, I think, called uh, Gitanjali, where uh, she's a Madonna-like pop star. One of the sisters and the other one is sort of like this sweet housewife. Mm. Um, and again, like, I don't know if those films are good even uh you know if one is one is to look at them as a deliberate camp the way say mehuna which i think is fantastic mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um but again like very very deliberately constructed right down to you know the swans in the the Skukawali. um i think with with those films there's 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 an i there's an intent to speak to certain aspects of who rika wanted to be seen at mm-hmm. at that time but um she was also surrounded by a team of fairly incompetent craftsmen. <laughs> uh, so I would, you know, to I sometimes think about how incredible it would have been uh, if Rekha had worked with someone like Farah Khan or, mm. you know, with, with Mira Nair, for instance, with whom she worked on uh, Kama Sutra, there was deliberate homage paid to um, her, her Umrao Jan character, mm. you know. And you can definitely see, you know, what the texture of her performance is like when she's not just rekhaing all over the place, but the rekhaness has been distilled into mm-hmm. larger sort of, uh, in the service of larger artistic cinematic interests. But at the same time, I think these films are um, those sort of the campy rekha era, uh, which a lot of people sort of decry, right? Because rekha was someone who'd become this very serious, considered actress with the, with the Shashi Kapoor uh, productions, with Umrao Jan, um, and so on. And for her to like move into this space, uh, you know, they were like Rekha sort of losing herself, losing, losing, uh, losing what makes her a great actress, a fine actress. But at the same time, I think at that time she needed that. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, there's not a lot of roles for a woman her age, you know, absolutely. like in in the 90s, like, like, you know, like I was saying, the, the rest of her contemporaries started to move into these mother and auntie roles. And if you don't want to do that, she had to carve out her own space and do her own thing. Mm-hmm. And I think I think that's that's admirable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I absolutely agree. I think there's uh, she seized agency for her career, especially in the '90s. Again, like it, we we cannot like if, like at this point, like in 2019, it's impossible to gauge how big of a deal like her husband her husband committing suicide with like her dupatta mm-hmm. was like this was a huge deal she was like a national pariah like industry folks were saying she should never work again mm-hmm. you know um which again like it's 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 nuts right like this she hadn't you know there was 
there was no kind of like correlation made, you know, between the man's death and her that was like explicit. But they were blaming her? They were blaming her. Yeah. yeah. So I think Rekha um, is someone who survived uh, systemic misogyny again and again and again in her hmm. career and spoke to it through her work, be it these sort of like campy movies where she could, you know, these B movies really, where, where because she was the star in them, because they were getting made because she was in it, she could you know, sort of like exert more control over everything. Yeah. She could basically say, don't direct me. I'm just going to do my thing. <laughs> uh, and I'm going to have an impression here and I'm going to change my clothes every scene and I'm going to have a lash budget. <laughs> yes. and, uh, even, even, the, even the village bell version of me is going to have contacts in and going to wear, uh, uh, you know, uh, headdresses with braids attached to them, mm-hmm. you know, it's like that kind of thing. Also, like, again, like we were speaking about the Amitabh thing. So it cracks me up that she plays um, like this fruit fruit juice seller, I think, like the uh, the alter ego. Or, or knife like, sharpener. It's unclear what she yeah, actually does. Yeah. <laughs> something, uh, something like that. She has a song about like her knives and sharpening the knives, which is similar to the song that Jia Bachchan was famous for in her big film with Amitabh Zanjir. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. On the sets of which they were said to have fallen in love, etc. Yeah. But yeah, it's like it's 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 so funny to me. She <laughs> she knew that huh. she knew that and she did that. Like it's like the cheekiest thing to me. So like, she's so playing funny. a whole other metatextual game that <laughs> other people are not even noticing, probably. Yeah, she's Amitabh, she's Jaya, and she's Rekha in yeah. that movie. So it's it's like like the chutzpah is like <laughs> amazing to me. That's cool. <laughs> All right. Well, I think that brings us to interval. Yeah, so uh, speaking of very deliberate scenes, uh, we are going to be playing... Deliberate homages? Deliberate homages, yeah, yeah. So we're going to be playing a song from Kaladi and Kaladi, which is called um, In the Night, No Control, <laughs> which features, uh, well, it's, it features uh, some similarities with Laura Branigan's Self-Control, mm-hmm. which came out a little bit earlier. Yeah. And the scene itself is uh, somewhat res- reminiscent of uh, Nine and a Half Weeks, I'd say. Yeah. Uh, except probably a bit more comedic, I think. Especially pouring the milk on her foot. That's, that's really funny. So, yeah, we'll be back after this. Even naughty girls need love. Hannah. In the night, no control. Kya karun, kuch In the night. No control Kya karun Kuch to po Like me, you're a young go-getter who's impressed by Madame X's drive and spirit when it comes to managing her enterprises. But if you want to do the same, what's the first step? Apply for ATBX a program that puts entrepreneurs and their businesses through an accelerated program to help them grow. With everything from mentoring and advising to providing office space, ATBX can help advance your business and your goals. For more information on ATBX, check out atb.com ATBX. In the latest episode of the Edmonton Community Foundation's Well Endowed podcast, Elizabeth goes on a tour of the Jasper Place Wellness Center. JPWC is an amazing organization that focuses on five divisions to help strengthen the West Edmonton community, education, housing, health, food, and employment. On the show, you're going to hear about accessing healthcare with dignity, 
the importance of gathering with others to learn a new skill, and how meeting employees where they're at can change lives. To find out all that and more, go to thewellendowedpodcast.com. So that was In the Night, No Control from Kaladian Ka Kaladi. Um, I think we've all felt that way sometimes, you know, in the night, no control. <laughs> sure. <laughs> I forget what the next line of the song is, but, you know, it's, 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 so what should we do? Say something. Yeah. It's a real mood, that song. <laughs> I always thought the song would be such a great, like, it would be used to such great effect in like an adult diaper commercial. That would be <laughs> <great. Yeah. laughs> Back in the day when all my humor was Rekha themed, um, <laughs> And wasted on the people around me because they never got it. But oh, that's good. Nevertheless. <laughs> well, now you have such a platform with Twitter. And I was going to mention at the at the top and, and forgot to your uh, your meme about uh, Ali Abad and Salman Khan in uh, <laughs> in the new Sanjay Leela Bansali is oh, yeah. uh, brilliant, and uh, I think everyone on Bollywood Twitter loved that. <laughs> I just had to, like, I saw that. And the funny thing is the little girl, little Muni from Bajrangi Bhajan mm-hmm. actually kind of looks like Alia. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We'll leave a link to it in, a, in the show notes. But uh, if you haven't seen it, uh, I don't want to ruin it. It's really good. <laughs> it's very strong. Very strong meme work there. Yes. I was like dragged on Instagram because like some people, like a meme page on Instagram found that and they reblogged it. But I was dragged on Instagram and Twitter for spelling Salman's name wrong. Uh, which, oh, you know, right. like, yeah, so I spell Salman Salman always. So, you know, his ho- the hordes of high scams yeah. won't mm-hmm. find me uh, because I rarely have like generous things to say about him. Yeah, we've noticed. <laughs> you know, someone's got to say it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah, but I noticed that. I was like, but she always does that. Like, that, that's part of the joke. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. I mean, at least I'm not calling him refri- Refrigerator Khan, which is another popular Ooh. thing that he's called in my parts of body Twitter. Yes. <laughs> Fair enough. Well, speaking of international super criminals, we have uh, Madame X, uh, 1994. <laughs> 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 um, well, we're going to hear about that one. Um, but uh, directed by Deepak Shiva Dasani and starring Rekha, Mosin Khan, Shakti Kapoor, Raza Murad, Kiran Juneja, and Parikshat Sani. It was a box office bomb. Yeah. Um, and something I want to say for both of these movies, because as you know, we do try and watch things legally. Mm. So we watched Madame X on Eros Now, and we watched Kaladi and Kikaladi on um, uh, Hotstar. And I'll say that these have not been preserved that well no there's about a half an hour missing from uh Kaladian and probably 20 minutes from Madame X and it was for both of them is very much like the last 20 minutes were just chopped up mm-hmm. and it was a little bit difficult to follow which is weird because the first time I watched Madame X I think I just watched it on YouTube and it was actually better preserved and not as beaten up as the one that's on the legitimate free, uh, like the legitimate paid site. Yeah. So uh, it is doing a disservice to both of these movies, which, um, you know, they're campy, they're fun, but they should be respected and should be shown in their original form. Yeah, I, I mean, film preservation is is a is an issue if you you know become interested in Indian cinema, um, and I mean these are only from the nineties. You would think that. Uh, that the the stock is still around to to transfer these films, but yeah, they were they were rather chopped up, especially near the end. And it didn't, I think, take away our enjoyment of the films, but it's it's jarring and frustrating. Like it, I think they really um, 
chopped up the action scenes because the dialogue scenes, you do need to understand what happens in the movie, whereas, you know, two people fighting each other, and that's fairly understandable. But it, it did make for a really bizarre experience. Uh, so uh, Madame X um, starts off with one of my favorite opening scenes to a movie ever, I think. Yeah. So uh, a guy pulls up in a white car and addresses Madame X, who's in the shadows. There's also the shadow of a um, a plane with a spinning propeller in the background. It's like something out of a film noir. It's just like, oh, we didn't have the money for a plane, but we're going to have like the the caricature of a plane in the background. So it looks like she flew there, which does link well with Kaladi and Kakaladi because the movie starts with her just flying into the movie. <laughs> but um, he's there to give her this kind of entwined snake statue made of gold. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> in this alleyway, and uh, Madame X shows up, and what she does is she takes her veil off of her face and says, "You know, um, people would pay millions of dollars to ever see Madame X." And she throws the guy a camera, like, "I know you're a rat. You're going to take pictures of me. You know, go for your million dollars now. Why don't you?" And the camera blows up, which is hilarious. Madame X refers to herself as the Express Train of Death, which is. The best self-imposed nickname I've ever heard. And then a bunch of cops show up. Uh, Madame X steps on a plunger and blows them all up. <laughs> and then, boom, Madame X, the movie starts. And then you get a great uh, um, song, the, the Madame X theme song, where you see all of her outfits over the course of the movie. So you've got something to look forward to. The outfits are are one of the number one reasons to show up for this film. I described them in my conversation with Sally as a combination of Rita Repulsa and M. Bison from Street Fighter. Because <laughs> <laughs> they're usually like color-coded to one, a one color. She's usually got like a turban or some sort of hat, maybe like a captain's hat mm-hmm. or a pilot's hat. Uh, sunglasses, jewels all over the place. It's a lot of look. Mm-hmm. Um, I would love to know how much of it came from the uh, personal record collection, but... Uh, um, it's definitely all Rekha. Uh, Rekha uh, at one point started designing her looks for movies. And I think like, you know, she walked out of Fitur recently, the Great Expectations mm-hmm. adaptation that they did, uh, you know, Abhishek Kapoor did with um, Aditya Roy Kapoor and Katrina Kaif. And for, for a role she was like basically yeah. meant to play. You said Miss Havisham earlier, she could do it. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, there's some uh, there's some stills of her on the sets of the film, and she walked out because she didn't like how she was looking on mm-hmm. camera. Hmm. So Rekha at one point got really, really preoccupied with the way she's presented on screen, hmm. and um, it, it was a very sort of consistent look. Um, you know, um, she's done like pretty tragic projects even recently, like Super Nanny, uh, which is again similar. There's a transformation, etc. She she becomes a model, which is Rekha's profession of choice, uh, post, uh, you know, Khun Bhari Mang, like become a model to get revenge, which like makes so much sense to me. Um, I think but, most models get into it for that, right? Yeah. So that makes sense. <laughs> no, absolutely. Um, and her modeling involves a lot of like, you know, hand on face mm-hmm. and, um, a lot of lash modeling, but anyway, I digress. But well, we some- see some of it in Shakti Kapoor's place mm-hmm. uh, in Madame X, which is funny that Madame X says, you know, oh, yeah, people no, would spend so yeah, much no, money on a no picture. No one can take a of picture of me. He's got giant blown up photos of her all over his apartment. Yeah. 
So I think the most iconic character, Inspector Vijay, says that um, you know no one's ever seen her, etc. You know he he fights to pull her veil off of her face when they're fighting. You know, uh, but at the same time he has all this footage of her. Yeah. Like, yes. like, like to show when he's doing like the Eliza Doolittle thing with um, Village Bumpkin Rekha. Yeah. You know, it's like, oh, this is how she talks. This is what she looks like. And it's you literally know. just scenes from earlier in the movie. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's like it's it's, it's just, that that was the moment where I was like, really, this is this is an opportunity for Reka to have like a Reka drag pageant. Yeah, mm-hmm. like what she's doing here, she's like, this is a Reka tribute to Reka. Yeah, you know, everything else is just like kind of like pretty pretty rickety scaffolding. Yeah. You know? I guess I should also say she also has kind of a Gaddafi look in a few scenes. She has a lot of animal prints mm-hmm. combined with military uniforms. So I also got that sense from her. I loved it. <laughs> I, 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 people who know me know that I will wear as much animal print as possible all the time. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. I love animal print. Um, and Reha probably has something to do with that. Uh, but at this, also, when you finally see what is under Madam X's turbans, headpieces, hats, oh mm-hmm. my God. Mm-hmm. Like the Sonic the Hedgehog hair. Yeah. Oh, God. yeah. To continue the Street Fighter thing, she goes, she turns into Blanca, just this crazy mane of hair. And, or she kind of goes Super Saiyan, actually. Yeah, it kind of reminded me of, like, Tina Turner Mad Max. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like, it's really, it's really spiky and really jarring. <laughs> and I just, all How I could think was, like, in there? well, but all I could think was, like, why were you always wearing a hat? This is fantastic. Like, <laughs> No, she's trying to be, she's trying to be kind of, like, sneaky so no one could tell this Mad Max. So all of her, you know, all of her outfits are just very... Stealth design. Yeah, you can't have the hair. That would just be too yeah. much. Do you want to explain the basic plot? Though? I should try to explain the plot. <laughs> so, um, Reka plays Madame X. She's an international super criminal. Um, although we don't know what her crimes. are. We have no idea what crimes she does. She just has a lot of money. She has a room full of gold things, and what I referred to as the alien from Spring Breakers. Look at my shit scene. Like, look at all this. I got all this gold stuff. Um, but she's locked in Mortal Kombat with another gangster named Rai Bahadur who we also don't know what he does, but I did appreciate that he is usually shown with a small, uh, like, stein of beer <laughs> in most scenes. He's at nightclubs. He's wearing this kind of um, Mr. India-style villain getup and carrying a beer around. And amazing fake eyebrows. Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, very, very prominent eyebrows. Um, so they're kind of battling, and this inspector, uh, Vijay, gets caught up in it. Um, he gets assassinated by Shakti Kapoor's character. Uh, no, his his girlfriend gets assassinated by Shakti Kapoor's character. who's trying to kill him. And in my favorite scene of the movie, uh, Vijay and Madame X fight over her um, burning remains. Yeah. And uh, Madame X lights a cigarette off of her funeral pyre, <laughs> which is the most baller thing I've ever, ever seen. Um, but eventually Vijay is able to capture Madame X. And in a similar plot to Don, uh, he finds another person who looks exactly like Madame X and trains her to infiltrate her organization for reasons. <laughs> um, I'm not entirely sure why. In Don, they wanted to find out, oh, what was it? There's like some money involved. In this one, it's just like, you've already caught her. <laughs> She's the head of the organization. They don't do anything without Madame X around. Well, don't like, they want to find out who Weapon X is? Right. They do want to find out who Weapon X is, which I would... Shockingly, uh, it's not Wolverine. Yeah, I was a little bit disappointed to find out it wasn't Wolverine. It's <laughs> it's the uh, the head of the 
police station. Like he's the spoilers, Matt. Spoilers. I, I'm sure everyone. It's also the same thing that happens in Kaladi Kaladi too. So it's the exact same plot resolution. They both own the commissioner of police or whatever. So I guess yeah, she, he does want to know who Weapon X is, but he trains um, like good Rekha to become bad Rekha, mm-hmm. and then you know things get more elaborate from there. Yeah, yeah. It's it's a very simple film and. The joy of it is not the plot. <laughs> no, no. If you were it's, trying to pay attention to the plot in this movie, you're not getting the point. Yeah, it's it's the um, it's the spectacle that is Rekka. Yeah, you know, and it's just oh, it's it's really delicious. I so yeah, Matt Matt watched this film uh, kind of without me at a, a bit of a party we were having, and I wasn't paying attention. And then since since then, so for almost a year. He's been bugging me to sit down and watch this movie. And I was right. You were right. You were right. And to be fair, like one of my all-time favorite movies is Barbarella, which is another movie where uh, our heroine changes costume every single scene. And also you shouldn't pay attention to the plot. <laughs> and so that will always be something that like sucks me in. Like there's over-the-top makeup and someone's going to change costume every scene. I'm like, all right, well, yeah. <laughs> I want that. <laughs> yeah. So what is it about Madame X that does it for you, uh, Sal? Um, I think when I was young, it was that idea of like that, like the unruly, the powerful, unruly woman, mm-hmm. right? Like, as you, as you said, this is a woman who literally lights a cigarette off of like, you know, um, her, uh, her nemesis's girlfriend's funeral pyre. And never seen that ever. Like in any, uh, gangster movie, no one's ever done that. People will light cigarettes with money, but this is a whole new level. But like, it's usually like, oh, the family, you know, you know, we kill each other, but we're all kind of civilized. Madame X does not give a shit. <laughs> nope. Just, yeah, I, I think like at one point she turns up at her rivals, like, um, you know, sort of like they, they always in the early '90s they always used to like have like these they used to call them go downs, but they were like these storage like rooms. Yeah, he's got know? a bunch of boxes and a desk. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, exactly. And um, she go, she turns up there, and he's like grieving his brother's death, and she's just like, "Yep, I'm just here to be, you know, just just make this worse for you." And there's that epic moment where you know he turns over all this money to her uh, for the negatives of some photos, and she's somehow construed, like she's somehow contrived to get the negatives in his pocket, yep. so they're on him all the time, like all this while, like it's just. So I think like that kind of like the badass woman, right? I think um, when I was a kid, uh, there were like a couple of other movies like this. There was Sri Devi's Ladla, you know, where, which was a taming of the shrew sort mm. of like allegory. But I didn't want the shrew to be tamed. I think like mm. from, even when I read the play you know, yeah. when I was very young, I think like my idea was, no, 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 let me stay this way. Like the ending would be the most disappointing part. Yeah. Uh, the great thing about Madame X though is that, spoiler alert, she dies at the end, but she goes out proud yeah like she is not she is not humiliated she is not repentant she's like you know i'm gonna you know sort of like toddle around this room clutching at my wounds grimacing and making the most fearsome noises even as i go out yeah that's how this is gonna be and i'm gonna have my turban on even as I'm like oozing blood, like, you know, this is how it's gonna end for me, which I thought was so cool because like a lot of those movies, um, 
at that time would end up with the shrew being tamed, you know, mm-hmm. with like the, the unruly woman being tamed, you know, uh, with Ladla, for instance, she's this giant industrialist uh, who at the end becomes like a the housewife, you know, she, mm-hmm. she becomes Anil Kapoor's like little housefrau. And, um, you know, that made me so angry as a kid. So something like Madame X was, there was this weird kind of like wish fulfillment aspect to it. Like she's allowed to stay unruly to the very end. And she gets to change costumes in every... every <laughs> now I'm just thinking of her, uh, she's... She's stolen Goodricka's uh, family and tied them up from the ceiling and has a machine that's constantly pouring petrol on them all the time. <laughs> like, you could drown them, but no, no, it's got to be a fire fountain all the time. Yeah. There's no way that this reflects back on me in any way. No, I'm not going to get set on fire. No, that, that's, uh, that's um, Shakti Kapoor gets set on fire. But, but I think I think with the double role, it allows... I'm just saying that Madame X is the original girl boss, okay? Okay. <laughs> I think with the double role, it allows Rekka to explore kind of this duality that women have to face, this Madonna whore complex. And one of the things that is really interesting about this film is that the Madonna has to step into the shoes of, you know, of mm-hmm. this unruly woman, of, of the whore. So you have this naive young village girl who gets to become Madame X and she kind of has fun with it. Like, I think you she get this sense... She has fun, sense... but I think she would go back to being good. Yes, but I still think you get the sense that that she enjoys it. And it so looks the... super fun to be Madame X. Yeah. The transformation here, like, I feel like in a lot of um, a lot of movies where, again, these, these shrews have to be tamed. Uh, you know, I even think of something like Cocktail, where Topeka Padukone, like, starts out as all wild and fun and flirty, but then over the course of that film has to become more traditional because yeah. that's the only way that she could get a man to love her. Yeah. Um, which is such a disappointing aspect of that film. Here you, you get a transformation uh, where, you know, the naive girl gets to become, gets to become bad. And I think, I think comes out a stronger woman. I mean, we don't really see what happens after the film ends, but I think you get a sense that she's, she's, she's a stronger, fiercer woman because of this. She goes, she presumably goes back to her knife sharpening and juice business. <laughs> Maybe. I- Assuming that after she serenaded the police officer in full Madame X drag, um, you know, I, I I have to assume that, you know, they have a long, you know, romantic sort of like mm. existence together where there's some Madame X cosplay role play involved <laughs> in, their, <laughs> in their sort of romantic shenanigans. VJ's um, really boring, though. Like, he's, he's kind of a drip as a main, like, romantic lead, hey? Yeah, I think, I mean, I think they got, like, whom they could afford. Uh, yeah. <laughs> clearly, most of the budget of the film went, you know, towards Rekha's lashes. Uh, and in some respects, too, Shakti Kapoor's lashes, too. Because he also, you know, puts a lot of makeup on. Okay, so Shakti Kapoor um, does drag in this film, and it's never explained why. Uh, he, he just does it. So mm-hmm. he... He's introduced with this song where he's kind of doing this Victor Victoria thing, um, and he's dancing really badly. But he's also like, he's portrayed as desirable to all the patrons of this kind of dance bar or quota that he's at. Yeah. Um, And then he's in drag again as a nurse for like, really, like, no reason. It follows uh, Paddington rules (laughs) where if if a guy is in drag, like, he's automatically the most attractive woman of all time. Well, only to that one security. Only guard. to one person. Yes, he, <laughs> only to the only one to one. Guard. Only one security guard is just like 
damn, yeah, I really like what you're putting down here. <laughs> but at least... Because that's Hugh Bonneville and then also Hugh Grant in the second one. Yeah, and like, at least... stop that incredibly sexy nun. <laughs> at least there's a reason. Like, I feel like Shakti Kapoor could have infiltrated the hospital as, like, a man. Like, he could, he, have, was... he could have dressed up as a doctor or a male nurse, but he goes for the drag. <laughs> I, 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 I think he was supposed to be infiltrating Rai Bahadur's club or something as a dancer, but it is, like, he could have just walked in the door. It doesn't matter. He he just made it theatrical. Half of his face. Yeah. Like, you know, it was like, it was this whole, like, butch femme thing that he yeah. was doing, which, again, is great commentary on, like, you know, the duality that the film speaks to. Mm-hmm. But it's so, like, nuts outside of that. Like, why is that happening? He has, like, half of, so this, people have to watch this to believe this. There's half the, half of his glasses on one side of his face. <laughs> yeah. Then it's just they're they're just on there, you yeah. know, like fine gravity because he's been touched by Madame X. Yeah, uh, and the other half of his face is like fully painted, and he's sort of dancing quite badly and terrifyingly actually because I was like discomfited by like how badly he was dancing alongside this other girl who's kind of perfunctorily dancing. She's like an item girl, yeah. and none of it really makes sense. You really get the sense that the people who were making this movie at one point were like. Mm, you know, like we'll, we'll we'll just do whatever. Do you, you think know? they had the song? It's like uh, you know, men like the wife, but they love the girlfriend. Like they got this song. We got to figure out how to get Shakti Kapoor into this somehow. Hmm. <laughs> what did you think of Shakti Kapoor, Matt? Because uh, you hate Shraddha Kapoor. This is her father. I'm not a big fan of Shraddha Kapoor. No, I mean, I think Shakti Kapoor in this movie is actually pretty good. He's he's menacing. He's he's fiercely loyal to Madame X. I could have done without the stupid scene of, I think he was a masseuse or something that gets into his house and Shakti Kapoor comes home drunk after being rejected by Madame X yet, yet again. And they do this sort of mirror thing where you know, they, they do the same thing because he's got a broken mirror and you can see through it. Right. I mean, that was dumb. <laughs> but to see what uh, Shakti Kapoor's home life is, which is him just getting drunk by himself and looking at giant pictures of Madame X, which are totally verboten. You're not allowed to do that. <laughs> Um, that was kind of good. I mean, you know, he's just kind of a a, a 90s Bollywood villain heavy. Like, yeah. I, I wouldn't recommend him over anyone else, but he was fine. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I think I think the thing with Shakti Kapoor playing villain was he'd always bring this touch of, like, weird kind of, like, sexual perversion to all mm-hmm. his... You know, like, if you watch Shalbaz, which is another double role movie, that one with Sri Devi, he's, like, playing this part so weird. And you you have to think this has to be Shakti Kapoor himself. Like, <laughs> yeah. saying that this is how I'm going to play it. Yeah. But he's, like, he's, like, you know, he's, like, bringing all his, like, method, like, you know, I'm going to interpret it this way, you know. It's always, it, the interpretation is always, like, Pervert. Yeah, like, I'll be in the movie, but I have a few things that I need to do. <laughs> what was your favorite uh, Madame X look? Oh, wow. Um, I liked when she was doing the Kaisi Diljite Apka, the romantic duet. And it, yeah. it was just, everything was billowing. And it's such a choice to stay in Madame X drag for that song. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, like, it is such a choice. Do not even take the turban off. Not, you know, like, not even go for, like, a polished updo, nothing. She's yeah. like fully committed. So I thought that was pretty spectacular. I think that Ushanka, like on, uh, on, on horseback, that was pretty spectacular. Um, at one point I had as my Facebook header, this like back in the day, uh, you know, like um, 
Good Rekha, Bad Rekha, the scene where they're together and Matt uh, mm -hmm. has been killed and Good Rekha is still terrified of like dying Madame X, yeah. you know? Uh, and there's this scene where Madame X is still glowering. She's like giving you those eyes while Good Rekha is again, like terrified. And Rekha is doing the most capitally acting in this movie. Yeah. Like there's not one line she does not yell or declaim or like punctuate with like cartoon bug eyes, like everything. Yeah. She does a random like sort of like um you know a Bombaya accent for uh the the good Rekha. Like you know she's sort of yeah. like street Bombay accent and like that uh that sort of diction and she's not very good at it but she's doing it you know she's like I'm gonna throw this in I'm gonna throw in whatever that stakes um and we'll see how it goes and um I think like all those moments where um where you see that like where you see like Rekha just doing the most I think those the costumes in those scenes stick out to me yeah I forgot to mention she does have a, a machine gun made of gold <laughs> And a lot of the like last 15 minutes of the movie are scrambling around shooting 30, 40 cops with this machine gun. Uh, <laughs> fantastic. I also thought that the, the good Rekha, bad Rekha, um, split-screen photography was actually pretty good. Yeah. Um, they didn't really like have like a visible line in between, and they kind of circled around it. And uh, like it was better than I was expecting it would be. So, and I like good job, Madam X. You did it again. In that scene, they're kind of wearing um, the same costume, but different colors. Yeah, yeah. She's like in white and uh, Bad Rec is in, in black. Yeah. Well, is it white or is it blue? Something like that. It's, it's light and dark, though. Black, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's blue and black. It's it's a little on the nose, but, you know, it works. Yeah. <laughs> Hilariously, of all the costumes in this film, the one that I'd probably most wear is the pineapple dress that our sister's wearing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But that's just because I have an obsession with pineapples. And so when that dress came up, I was like, I'd wear that. Uh, I think my but favorite... But the animal print. The animal yeah. print is what wins. My favorite is definitely where she's dressed as like a Navy admiral for some reason. <laughs> I like that one. She's on her boat. That's why. Well, but... And it's, it's fascinating how, like, a lot of these costumes are... They're very... They're feminine, but they're incorporating aspects of kind of male authority. Yeah. Like with these hats and things. Yeah. yeah. She's a boss. Mm-hmm. She is a boss. The hats over, like, you know, headscarves. It was that very kind of, like, Middle Eastern mm -hmm. flight attendant look. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, lots of capes, lots of clothes, uh, lots of uh, thigh-high boots yeah. uh, that were bejeweled to match the outfit. Um, and I really, like, looking at the photo shoots that Rekha did throughout the late 80s and the 90s, this was Rekha's aesthetic. <laughs> like, I checked, um, so I, I, I was looking at the credits for who did the costumes. And it was, you know, it, it was, um, you know, people it wasn't like a big name costume designer. Um, and I was like, this has to be, this is, this is Rekha. And you see that if you watch uh, Kilari over Kilari, it's sort of a lot of the similar aesthetic is continued in yeah. there. Except here she's gone in for like the blonde wigs, mm -hmm. uh, etc. So instead of like, uh, but she still has like, sometimes she often has like, you know, um, a veil, things like that, but mm -hmm. it's still like, sort of, and it's a more uh, siren-esque silhouette. She's going more for like the draped bias cut gowns and things like that, uh, corsets, but it's still like, it's still the same aesthetic. It's yeah. very, there's more, you know, I watched Dynasty, you know, when <laughs> I was thin on acid and that has defined my aesthetic ever since. <laughs> um, did you notice in the credits that uh, Ajay Devgan was an assistant director on this? Yes, yes, I saw that. <laughs> I would love to hear from him what he thought of, like, what was it like making Madame X? 
went on to do one of Deepak Shiddhasani's films too. I don't know if he's done more, but I know he did uh, Ye Raste Hai Pyar Ke with Madhuri and Preeti, mm. uh, uh, which which was another which was another kind of like doubles film, you know, like where there was a double role for him. There was like a there was a crook and there was a good guy, etc. So it's like all these parallels, like, you know, Bollywood is really about the doubles when you think about it. But yeah, I'd love to hear from Ajay And it also is, it's, it's interesting to, it's, imp- it's important to remember this film took forever to make, which yeah. a lot of films back then did. Um, but this one, I think, took especially long. Like it started uh, in the 80s and they released it uh, in 94. Yeah, I got the sense that it, it kind of sat on the shelf for a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is too bad. You could just tell, like, street scenes and stuff. Like, people were dressed in the 80s at some points. And then later on, I think, when you're just filming all your actors, it could be in the 90s. Yeah. 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 Sure. I wonder I wonder why. Just maybe she was busy or maybe she was self-financing it. Yeah, it would be nice for there to be more information about the, the behind-the-scenes production of this film. I'd be really interested to, to learn more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that I think someone I think there's so much like the oral history of Madame X. I would read that. I'd love to read that. I'll pitch it to the AV club. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Matt, do you want to move into our second film? Sure. So um, in a slightly uh, more subdued uh, crime lord performance, (laughs) we find uh, Rekha in Kaladi and Kakaladi, which. okay. so English translations on this vary, but we've got player of players. But I've also seen Kaladi as uh, Daredevil. No, I'd go with player of players. Okay. Because it's, it's just sort of like an adventure person, basically, a Kiladi. Right? Yeah. So, like, Kiladi is someone who plays, who's a gamesman. Okay. Right. Yeah, gamesman. That's what I saw. Sportsman, gamesman, player. So, yeah. And this is a part of a series of films that Akshay Kumar has done, uh, with the last one only coming out maybe, like, four, five or six years ago. I think it was yeah. 2012. Yeah. yeah. 786, I think it was called. Yeah, and uh, they are not connected by story. It's just a sort of adventuresome main character, you know, romantic, lick up with somebody, kick people a lot, you know. Um, it's it's a it's a series of films that Akshay Kumar has done. Um, this was the fourth one. Came out in 1996, was directed by Umesh Mehra, stars Rekha, uh, Akshay Kumar, Ravina Tandon, uh, Inder Kumar, Gulshan Grover, and Brian Lee, uh, who at this point, is playing The Undertaker. And as far as I understand, at one point in the 90s, Vince McMahon uh, was tired of The Undertaker. They they had a whole thing where they switched out The Undertaker for a fake Undertaker. And this is the guy. They got the fake Undertaker to be in this movie. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Presumably after, you know, the real Undertaker comes back, and, like, he's still got the costume. You know, he might want to get a little bit more mileage out of it. But uh, this, is, this is a trope I really love in movies where... Someone who is a, like, professional wrestler is also considered, like, one of the world's most dangerous people. <laughs> <laughs> I just love that trope of, oh, yeah, he can murder you with a, <laughs> a look. Um, <laughs> uh, this movie is also lightly based on a Jean-Claude Van Damme movie called Lionheart from 1991, which um, actually Kamar and Jean-Claude Van Damme seem to have a lot in common, especially being able to do the splits. Yeah. Um, but in that one, he's a uh, he's an army guy who comes back to Los Angeles, where his brother has joined a underground fighting league. In this one, Akshay Kumar is in the army. His brother 
and a bunch of like between 20 to 40 year old men in a band who (laughs) (laughs) all of their first names start with the letters of India. (laughs) They go to America and I'm saying America in square quotes, scare quotes here because the beginning of the movie uh, where there was a battle between Undertaker and this other guy named Crash was another wrestler. Uh, this is very specifically in Toronto because you can see the Sky Dome and the CN Tower. We've stayed um, for publishing conferences maybe like, I don't know, five blocks away from where that death sport was being held. Yeah. And it totally makes sense to me that Torontonians would be into death sports. I mean, that's <laughs> totally their thing. So, you know, documentary-wise, this is on point. But, uh, so... <laughs> Um, actually, Kumar's brother and his terrible band go to what is ostensibly America. They say America a lot. There are New York City um, police cars, but all the cops are wearing Canadian cop uniforms. It's 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 shot in Canada. Yeah, it it's it's kind of an idealized version of the West, let's say. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, they go there to annoy a record executive and try and get them to listen to his band. Like the whole plan is to stand outside of his office seems really expensive and hard to do. But anyway, uh, they meet his assistant, Jane. Uh, Aj- Ajay, who is Akshay's brother, uh, falls in love with her. And through Jane, she he gets mixed up in a web of lies and murder where uh, Rekha playing uh, Maya, Maya um, is this uh, club impresario who also dabbles in underground death matches where she wagers big sums of money with this other guy named King Don, who saw a movie somewhere where a gangster had one of his arms inside of a coat and just decided, that's my guy. I'm going to do that. I'm going to have one of my arms in the armhole, and the other one's just inside my coat. Um, so they have this underground fighting league. Akshay Kumar has to infiltrate the fighting league to find his brother. I was confused as to whether or not his brother was actually being held hostage by anybody because he just appeared to be in a hospital. <laughs> that, that, that's like the poker chip in the middle. I was like, oh, someone's got to give Ajay back. Like, nah, he was just actually fine. <laughs> and uh, it culminates in a giant battle at a religious ceremony where um, there's a great song. Uh, actually has his final battle with The Undertaker. Um, the part that the, the version we watched on Hotstar was really chopped up at this part, but I'm Pretty sure he lifts the Undertaker over his head and impales him on, like, a tooth, but it looked like it was made out of paper mache um, This movie is wild. You forgot the love triangle. Oh, yeah, and there's a love triangle, too, because... Oh, my God. Okay, so uh, Akshay is flying to the West, in scare quotes. Uh, he, he runs into a girl in the airport. They are immediately smitten with each other. They spend about 15 minutes on a weird kind of love story thing where they keep falling and hitting their heads on stuff. And, okay, so I'm going to rely on you for this part because it was really unclear in the subtitles. Did you realize that uh, the woman we would eventually understand to be Maya's sister... Ravina Tandon. Ravina Tandon was not part of the family that Akshay is supposedly getting married into on the plane? Wait. Oh, I, <laughs> I'm absolutely confused. I rem- So Ra- Ravina plays... Rekha's sister. Yeah, yeah, we don't find this out till later. We don't find this out till... Well, we we kind of know, right? Because uh, we see we see Rekha and Ravina interacting. This is later, though. This is like when he's on the plane. Yeah, on the plane, we, we're not supposed to know. Yeah, okay, good. Because I thought, you know, it, it is kind of implied that these two are sisters, but I guess they're friends. 
Bhagwanti and um, uh, Ravina Tanit's character Priya. Priya, it like they're kind that of, they're hanging out together. They're with uh, Bhagwanti's father, and it is very unclear how these two like. It, it all seems like they're part of the same family, and I think this is the joke: is that you know Akshay thinks he's married the one, but the father thinks he wants to marry the other. Ah, there you go. <laughs> yeah, but Matt it's, got very confused. I got in this super section. confused by this. Yeah. And then later on, when Priya was revealed to be Maya's sister, you were like, but wait a second. Yeah. I was, I was really trying, like, really hard to keep up with the plot of this movie. Which, and to be fair, um, this version on Hotstar, like, there might There's be, a half an hour missing. There's a half an hour missing. So, uh, for the most part, I didn't think that um, led to a kind of... A lack of understanding in the film. Like, I think we were able to piece it together. No, so this there is all might just be, me. Yeah. There might be something here. But the the centerpiece and the song that we used was the from the brief uh, relationship between Akshay Kumar and uh, Rekha, where, um, okay, so they're at a death fight. It appears to be like a lion's lounge or maybe a Royal Canadian Legion. There's a bunch of old white people around coming to watch this uh, this battle. Yeah, why are all those old white people this interested in a death match? They just, they don't seem like the death you match met, No, you've crowd. met old white people. They are 100% death match people. Um, but <laughs> There's a lot of like dowdy floral dresses in that crowd. Yeah, I actually really wonder what movie they thought they were going to be in because... <laughs> <laughs> all the white extras in this film are fascinating. Like all the locals, like even if uh, even if you're looking at the first uh, first sort of like the first death match that they have, uh, like I looked at the crowd and it's it's and this is true of a lot of these '90s, early 2000s films. It's like no one really knows. Like you you can't like there's no consistency in terms of what event mm -hmm. uh, the people thought you know the extras were supposed to have thought they were going to. So it feels like they were told just where where whatever. Yeah. So there's people in tuxedos and then there's someone in like a sundress and you know it's just it's so great for me because it's like basically it was like probably like a scout going on the streets and being like do you want to be in a film yeah like do you have seven minutes we can put you in this movie <laughs> you look great yeah that. Oh, costume no no you are perfect <laughs> um the second one it maybe looks like they came from a funeral i don't know um so in, in the in the post-death match thrill uh they do kind of hook up and we get this amazing song sequence, honestly. It's amazing. <laughs> you you go to Rekha's fantastic for this house. Stuff. It was so good. Uh, which apparently has a mud pit. It looked like they were at her house the whole time, right? Like, does she have that mud pit purely for mud play? Yeah, obviously. <laughs> you you haven't seen our mud pit, Matt? Well, I mean, I. We don't put that in the videos, but yeah. Um, I also really like during the, the videos. <laughs> you know the videos. Uh, during the mud play sequence, I think it's Akshay. One of them uh, slips and falls right into the middle of this mud scene, and um, you know further erotics uh, ensue. They also do a nine and a half week style erotic food eating thing, but it's really awkward because uh, Rick has got a blindfold on, and Akshay's just kind of like cramming an apple in there. <laughs> Putting stuff on her hands? Yeah, putting stuff on her hands. He puts, like, a piece of cheese and some <laughs> chocolate milk stuff on his hand. Like, ooh, what do you think of this? And he pours milk all over her. It's but really it's, something. It's, yeah. But it's really sexy. Like, I guess. It's sexy it's, in a way. It's absurd, but also really sexy. It's, it, I will say that 
someone out there finds this extremely sexy. No, I think it's Akshay because he did the same thing um, in a film called Arzu with Madhuri and Saif Ali Khan. Oh, boy. Uh, not with Saif. He did this Oh, with <laughs> oh what I would give to see him do it with Saif Ali Khan. There would be a lot of hairy chests in that scene uh, for sure. Definitely, if, if you're interested in uh, uh, Akshay Saif horseplay, which was like a whole sub-genre <laughs> of jokes in the 90s, by the way, hmm. uh, they, uh, they, uh, they affectionately wrestle uh, for the delectation of Ravina Tandon and Sonali Bendre in a film called Kismet or Kimat, mm. it might be either uh, in Speedos in mm. uh, in a waterfall. Um, we need to so, watch this. Yeah, I mean that checks out. <laughs> this exists, but there's this film with Madhuri uh, called Arzu, where um, they're in front of a fridge uh, and it's a love song, and it's just he's like feeding her like not sexy food, just food. It's like apple. <laughs> and honey on the apple and like, okay so he's definitely into this okay that explains a lot <laughs> the mud wrestling the only other uh hindi film i could compare it to is uh um Day as well which is another very erotic scene of uh yeah um <laughs> Ranbir singh and uh oh who is it Ar- who- arjun kapoor arjun kapoor right yeah um sexually fighting during a, during a song about how they are bros and that is it yeah that is it <laughs> they're just bros <laughs> yeah just bro. No subtext here. That's the name of the song. Also, this might be also YRF kink because uh, Yashraj had John Abraham uh, mud wrestle with Tata Young, the Thai uh, pop singer, hmm. uh, in a promotional video for the first Doom. Really? Yeah. Interesting. <laughs> I think uh, there's also some kind of like uh, pool sequences which felt a little DDLJ. They did feel very DDLJ. But sexy. But it was also just like. I'm not entirely sure what move they're trying to do because he's just like holding her in his arms and just kind of lifting her. He's not throwing her. He's not dunking her. He's just kind of like spinning. Or it reminded us of when they're in the pool in a DDLJ and a Kajal's drunk. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. They also shower together. Yeah, in a really inefficient looking shower, which has jets <laughs> that come off all around, but they don't seem to like. The water doesn't seem to be expelled that hard. But, I think it's a sex shower. But Rekka does play with it like a cat at one point, which I thought really fun. <laughs> and, well, there's a glass panel, like a frosted glass panel. I don't know. We we might be seeing Ashley yeah. Kumar's butt. There's a frosted glass panel in what would, you could term the bathing suit region. Yeah. It's a strategically placed uh, glass panel. And Rekha and Akshay, well, uh, Teenage Sal liked to pretend they were naked behind mm-hmm. there. Um, this was also like a song I was fully not allowed to watch <laughs> while I lived in my parents' This house. was too much, huh? Yeah, this was like, this was, you, you, I mean, the lyrics told you everything. It's a nice <laughs> control, you know? Like, yeah, <laughs> I think it was too much for me, really. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's intense. Um, definitely the highlight of the movie, I think. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah this movie... I I wasn't really digging it in kind of about the first hour. I was just like, I felt like the plot was all over the place. I didn't really understand where it was going. The Soviet jets thing, that was weird. Yeah, and then and then at about the point when um, Akshay Kumar starts to infiltrate Maya's uh, and the, the love triangle started to come out, it really, really picked up for me. And, and that's also where uh, Rekha becomes a much bigger part of the film and yeah. her multiple... Costume changes and different wigs. Um, that and getting drunk and walking up the stairs and crying and yelling at her sister and it's a real tour de force. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. So I think it, like it, it becomes the strongest when 
Rekka's at the center of it. Anytime that they flash back to Ajay and his stupid band, that's like, oh, okay, I don't care about this. And one of those guys is honestly like 50 years older than the band. <laughs> and, okay, so in the in the version we watched as well, I was really unclear as to if this guy was in the band or not, but there is a, uh, at the temple scene, there's a guy with like a really big white collar and then a red and uh, black striped uh, uh, shirt. And I kept cutting back to him and I'm like, Am I supposed to know who this guy is? <laughs> is he in the band? Because he was comedic relief. He he must have been comedic relief, but like, he, I think he was excised from the plot from what we saw. Yeah. Because yeah, we only saw two and a half hours out of three. Mm-hmm. But they kept cutting back to him. Like, did I miss this guy before? <laughs> is this is this guy a big deal? Mm-hmm. Um, but I also quite liked that uh, scene at the temple, though. Yeah. Yeah, that um, was really interesting. The big statue was cool. The song is good. Uh, the weird kind of Mortal Kombat 90s CGI that they used at a few points was good. <laughs> Wait, what? It's, it's a real aesthetic. Uh, I, I don't know if I'd call that good. <laughs> Charming! Uh, I'm sorry. We were talking about camp. And I think that this is very much like you're seeing inside this guy's soul. And his soul is 1994 Mortal Kombat. Fair. I think my favorite song in the film, aside from uh, In the Night, No Control, uh, seminal work right there, but uh, is the Sidhe Sadhe Akshay song. Yes! I'm not Amitabh, I'm not Dilip Kumar, and I'm yeah. not, you know, I'm not like some, as, as it's fashionable to call them now, I'm not some Nepo kid, yeah. I'm Akshay. Akshay. You know, which was like some cool myth-making on Akshay Kumar's uh, part. Mm-hmm. While and, wearing um, a vampire costume. Yeah, exactly. Uh, uh, and also uh, uh, contains the uh, w- one of my favorite lyrics in any Hindi song, Kabi Bang, Kabi Boom, yeah. which, I'm, which I feel like is supposed to speak to not only his persona as kind of like a martial arts expert, but also like his whole like <coughs> player image in yeah. the 90s. Like, you know, he basically, uh, you know, Akshay, Akshay and Ajay between them, uh, we're said to have gotten with every, uh, almost every sort of ingenue of the 90s, Karishma, Kajol, wow. Shetty, um, Ravina Tandon, etc. So you also have that, like that kind of metatextual stuff in there. Um, and Ravina's in the film whom he was dating at the time. <laughs> He's also doing front flips and rolling around while singing that part of the song too. So That's a really, a really fun song. It's that, very uh, athletic, yeah. That vampire mask at first is really, yeah. like, jarring. Because he's also trying to hide his face from Priya at this point. Yeah, but then he uses this song to kind of reveal to he's this like, woman bre- that he's, he's in love up with. with her. Yeah, to break up with her. It was really spoiled movie. No, I'm with Maya now. And you can tell because I'm a vampire. <laughs> yeah, no, that's, it's a good song. but And and it is, like, it's so clearly this uh, this myth-making for Akshay Kumar himself. He's just the like, nice, naive This Akshay. is who I am. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I have to give it to him. Um, also, a fellow Canadian, right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> yes. Yeah. I was going to bring that up. I was like, this whole kind of mode that he's currently in, which is very nationalist, is fascinating. He's not even an Indian citizen anymore. He can't. From what I understand, like, he can't vote in India. Yeah. Like, do you think he actually votes in our elections? I don't know. Because we're having a provincial election right now, yeah. and he could conceivably vote in it. We should get him to impo- endorse well, the NDP. Well, I don't NDP. know if he has a home here in Alberta, but he loves Alberta. If he endorsed the NDP, though, that would be amazing. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. He seems pretty conservative. I don't know if he would. They're very conservative. And in interviews, he says, like, oh, yeah, I just really like going to Canada. People don't mob me as much. Oh, wow. Uh, 
I do we do we think he got he fell in love with Canada during Hilario Ka Hilari? Well, have- he said in an interview on Coffee with Karen when the episode that he did with Twinkle Kana, the now iconic episode <laughs> with Twinkle Kana on Coffee with Karen, uh, he talks about falling in love with Twinkle Kana in Calgary when they were filming their Kaladi film. So. Uh, it's just, you know, Alberta's just a special place for him. It's a very romantic place. I mean, <laughs> the Koimil Gaia um, alien met his wife here. Um, <laughs> Jadu, yeah, Jadu met his wife here. It's amazing. Yeah. Okay, so back to the film. <laughs> but, uh, so Reka is in this movie, and um, I think that her performance in this is also very good. Mm-hmm. Um, she Aaron won a film fair for this. I know yeah. everyone, everyone always criticizes me for mentioning awards um because you know in bollywood you know the awards are bought and all this stuff but i love awards <laughs> and also what do you think happens at the oscars am i right yeah um she has a bump it in one scene we're pretty sure well th- yeah that that wig looks like it hit, it has a bump it at the back like it's just a very clear like elevation yeah. in the back of her head <laughs> so like you said Sal, um in madame x she's got these completely elaborate outfits in this she's more toned down but her hairstyles she has yeah. quite a few different things going on. A lot of wigs. So which one was your favorite of these? Um, I I think, like, um, you know, funnily enough, she was just so gorgeous to me. Mm. I think uh, in um, the In the Night No Control song, so she's wearing kind of like a gown situation that's off the shoulder, uh, or maybe it's like a corset and, like, you know, like it's it's separate. I don't know. But it's so great. Yeah. Um, she looks so... And you, you sort of forgot in the 90s a little bit because she was doing these very sort of dragged up looks. And mm-hmm. if they ever have, like, a, an Indian edition of RuPaul's Drag Race, they should... There should be, like, an episode every season dedicated just to Rekha. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> queens doing reha looks but um in that song you know she's like in the water and you know there's she doesn't have much makeup on and stuff and she's just so stunning and you forgot you forget uh because she's she'd lived so many lives uh you know in her life and on screen uh she played mother to grown-ups by then you know uh, in films like vegeta um and so on uh you forget how young she was when she did this film she was in I want to say she was in her late 30s. Early, she was in her early 40s, I think. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, and it, at that time, it was kind of like, oh my, it's shocking. Rika is doing this with this younger man, etc. But now things have changed enough where, you know, it's not shocking when Ashwarya Rai, you know, mm-hmm. is seducing Ranbir Kapoor in like, you know, a mini dress. People are like, wow, she looks stunning. Only the, the only good part of that movie, actually. <laughs> <laughs> or Rajkumar Rao in the recent uh, Fanny Khan. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Like no, no one talks about that as much anymore. You know, mm-hmm. she's she's an object. She's glamorous. She's beautiful. She's desirable. No one questions it. And in Edel Hemushil, there's actually a bit where it's established that she's the desirable one, not mm-hmm. the younger. You know, um, and in uh, and at that time, it was so shocking. You know, uh, that Rika was doing this. Rika was putting, you know, uh, her body out there mm-hmm. and wearing these clothes and basically saying, "I'm as desirable as Ravina Tandon, who mm-hmm. was this." sort of like ingenue figure in the 90s she was an up-and-coming star and she was like nope i'm just as hot as her look i at think me. ravina tendon had kind of an ariana grande look in this one uh, <laughs> i thought that looked pretty good in the scene you're referencing i kind of thought Rekka was going for maybe like a stevie nicks look just kind of a witchy woman you know mm-hmm. dress thing i'd love to see her play more with lengths in the wigs yeah like i'd really love to see like a louise brooks she wig would on look her. great with a bob like that right yeah um bangs which mm-hmm. is another film she did where it was like, it was one of those Avenging Angel films where she um, 
she's institutionalized. She's put in a uh, like a like an institution for uh, you know the mentally ill, and then she comes out and she gets a makeover, as Rick Hallways does. And I think there's a bob in that one. Hmm. Okay, interesting. I'd like to see that because I bet it would look great. I liked her look in the last uh, at the thing at the temple. It it did kind of harken back to Madame X. She's got the hat. She's got like the jewels. She's got the, you know, shawl you could throw over the shoulder. I thought it looked pretty good. What about you? Yeah, she she looks so glamorous in this. I think in Madame X it was definitely more like you know, alien queen Rika. But in this mm -hmm. one it was definitely more like Rika's desirable. Rika's hot. And she's, rich, like, yeah. like Her yes, house is she's, giant. she's a criminal again. Yeah. Um, and the numbers she's spouting off, like $10 million, yes. a million dollars, like it just feels, that feels so artificial. Uh, I'm also but, pretty sure that uh, the scene where Ajay is trying to sneak into her club, the outside shots, they're, like the building looks like it's a bank or something. <laughs> like it's this giant building that is trying to sneak into her for her club where her name is made of fire. Yeah. But uh, I love the I love how she's so associated with luxury here. She has her own mudroom. Yeah, I, and and it's just like she, you know, she she's powerful. She can afford what she wants, who she wants. You know, that there's there's just one thing that is her downfall in the end. She's got it's Dan. Tragic. She's got Dan on retainer. Dan was cool. <laughs> yeah. I like Dan. <laughs> yes. Uh, the, I think my favorite fight scene is when both uh, Dan and Akshay are doing the splits on a pool table and just mm. punching each other in the gut over and over again. Which felt very, like, very Jean-Claude Jean Van Damme. Damme but, like, you know, I don't know if this is the most athletic use of your talents. The splits are amazing, yes, but you're just punching each other in the stomach. Well, and you made a good point, Matt. As soon as Dan does the splits, why doesn't Akshay Kumar just kick him in the balls and yeah. be like, fight over? It's right there. <laughs> Maybe because he's a he's a sportsman. He yeah he, he's he's very sporting. He's gonna, yeah, he's the sportsman is sportsman. He's not going to do something unsporting like that. Me, I would, but uh, you know, I I have a tendency not to get into these crazy uh, mix em ups like uh, Akshay does. So um. the film also ends on such a like such a Freudian note where she's yeah. like, I hope in my next lifetime. What the as his daughter, and I'm like, you mind wrestled with this dude. Like, yeah, wrestled with him. <laughs> yeah, does is is he gonna tell Ravina Tandon like, um, so I've seen what's in your fridge, and <laughs> I've got some ideas. <laughs> Don't ask why. Um, that was some straight up like Enter the Void style. Like, yeah, I'm going to call my shots on this uh, reincarnation. Which I'm not saying I'm an expert in this, but like, she's done a lot of crimes and murdered lots of people. Like, that's really wishful thinking if she thinks, like, oh, I'll just be your kid. Like, this will be fine. I mean, I think she made positive contributions to humanity with her outfits. So I think I think she gets credit for that. She did discover Ajay's band, too, I guess. So that's, that's pretty good. <laughs> We've all gone on to enjoy their work. <laughs> They're like wild stallions. Erin won't get this. She hasn't seen Bill and Ted. But, you know, oh. a, a, Ajay's band goes on to invent world peace with their music. Mm -hmm. Yeah. My my one my one shame as a as a big Keanu Reeves fan. Yeah. I've never seen Bill and Ted. But I think her performance you don't get as much of it, but she does make her time count. I think Umesh Mera and, you know, everyone else involved with the film really understands her persona and what they could do with her in this film, of both kind of creating her or not creating her, using her as this sophisticated, sexy 
older woman who like just exudes power, you know, from 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 immediately when she walks on the screen. With those crazy sunglasses, powerful. they look great. Yeah, and she's she's a great villain. Mm-hmm. Double-breasted suit, cream. But she's also... She has Crash. No, she has The Undertaker on retainer. That's pretty cool. She's also a, like a, a sympathetic villain. I like that they don't kind of go full... I Especially in the end, I think she is. She's pretty annoyed I think you that... do care about her. And I think, you know, the, the look on Rekka's face when she realizes that, like, her sister and, and actually Kumar, like... That they are in love and that this has just been a lie and this man doesn't actually want her. Like, she's devastated. Mm-hmm. And she's starting to put together, like, a scheme in her head, too, as she's thinking, like... Yeah, because oh, she's got to get revenge. Yeah. Like, oh, it was a lie the whole time. Well, Maya will figure out who is the liar in this mm-hmm. situation. Yeah. Yeah. I think, like, in those moments, you realize what a fine, fine actress she is. Because a lot of it is posturing. But at the same time, she remains like a dramatic actress who's, who is honed through sort of uh, in a time when that kind of acting where, you know, where people were doing all this acting with close-ups. And she's worked with the finest of the finest, right? From, mm-hmm. um, you know, Gulzar to, uh, you know, um, all these great directors in mm-hmm. the 70s and 80s. So I think, like, outside of the posturing she does bring that uh to the moments that she's allowed to i think she said publicly she was dissatisfied with the performance uh and she would have done it differently um but i think it was also it's it's a film of its time you know and i think the novelty of seeing reka in that role where it could easily have been like you know of some male actor like Mithun Chakraborty or you know someone yeah. like that Jackie Shroff or uh someone uh you know playing that character to have Rekha play it adds such a frisson to the film like of unpredictability and sex and mm-hmm. you know glamour yeah. um yeah Jackie that. Shroff wouldn't be able to do the mud scene quite as good <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> it would certainly be a different experience you're right yeah, he rocked those speedos in uh, Rangila, where he just like was like meditating on the form of Urmila, just standing around in a button down in speedos for like no real reason. That's a good outfit. <laughs> yeah, in the 90s were the decade of the speedos for Bollywood. So we talked a bit about how uh, nowadays Rek is kind of faded from the screen. Um, she was in Super Nanny, which wasn't. Uh, it wasn't it wasn't a big hit and I thought it wasn't that great. Uh and she walked out of the tour. What would you like what what would you like to see her in now? Like what kind of role do you wish she would take or that someone would offer her? Should she change her persona again and be less campy and be more serious record? The thing is, she can be serious, Rekha. Mm-hmm. She's done, you know, um, she's done, like, non-mainstream films. She did this film called Yatra, where she played a courtesan again. Uh, the acting chops are there, even in Koi Milgya, you know, like, where she plays Ritik's mom. Mm-hmm. The acting chops are still there. I think Rekha is just so caught up in the the mythos of, like, being Rekha. And it's that very Garbo-esque kind of, like, mm-hmm. you know... I don't want them to see me as anything other than this. I think, mm-hmm. I don't know if she remembers or maybe she's, maybe there's some kind of fear there to like expose oneself and be vulnerable on screen again. Um, because Fitur would have been such a great role for her. Like it, all my life, I think um, ever since I was a kid, you know, I had this idea that I wanted because Great Expectations was, is such a, it's such a perfect story for a Bollywood mm-hmm. movie. And, always want in my head the perfect cast was going to be like young Shah Rukh, young Aishwarya and Rekha mm. you know 
and um, you know that film never got made. But when Rekha got cast, even and I was I was I was I had misgivings about Aditya Roy Kapoor and Katrina in uh, those roles as Pip and Estella. But Rekha, so do I. <laughs> you know, <laughs> um, that was the role. That was mm-hmm. what I wanted her in. Like it's such a great role. And mm-hmm. right now, there's such a, we're getting. Um, older women back on screen. You know, Madhuri Dixit, the way she's been presented uh, in uh, Total Dhamal, which is like this very mainstream, very masala film. Uh, but she was presented as the heroine, you know, fully glamorous. She was like on those posters. She was, she was like, there was no kind of like, oh, she's just, she's the older woman. It was very, mm-hmm. no, she's the heroine. She's the main female lead of this film, you know. And now in Kalank, you know, she has the big climactic dance number, uh, you know, according to reports. And she, again, she's been presented beautifully. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Karina Kapoor uh, is entering her 40s. Rani Mukherjee is in her 40s and she's playing, you know, this ass-kicking cop, which is, again, something Rekha invented because she played that mm-hmm. uh, early in the 90s. Uh, I forget the name of the film, but uh, with Rajnikant, where, you know, she becomes a cop to avenge the death of her husband and so on. Like, these archetypes, Rekha was the first to sort of innovate upon them. So mm-hmm. uh, it's, it's, it's it kind of hurts me as this this Rekha Stan uh, to see her like while she's still, you know, beautiful and magnetic mm-hmm. and interesting and probably uh, has a lifetime of, uh, you know, experience to bring to bear on any character she plays on screen, sort of deciding not to act, you know, because I think those roles exist or should exist, mm-hmm. you know, especially now with like the boom of like streaming and things like that. Like she could be on Made in Heaven. Like, oh, yeah. Know? She should have had Pankaj Tripathi's job in uh, Musipur. That would be cool. That made that show better. <laughs> yeah, so, like, there's so many spaces for Rekha to be where, yeah, like, you know, the mystique of Rekha and the enigma of Rekha is something we can enjoy, but we also get to see Rekha act, which is something she's very, very good at. And um, I don't know if she remembers or if she remembers, maybe she doesn't want those memories touched anymore, you know? Maybe she's, you know, just rich and doesn't want to work anymore. She's literally not willing to step out of Raycon drag, you know? Yeah. Like, if you watch Super Nanny, uh, even in the bits where she's playing the dowdy, you know, sort of homemaker, she has, like, red lipstick and tinted hair and, like, contact lenses in. So, I don't know. Maybe she's just not willing to, like... I think age can be uh, really, really... Uh, cruel to older actresses in the ways that mm. it, it is used to oppress them. Uh, and Rekha having come from a generation where she saw that, you know, um, this was, uh, you know, she uh, she started out at a time when Sushitra Sen went into retirement when she hit her late 30s, early 40s, and decided that she was never going to be visible to her public again. Like, she was mm. just not going to be seen. Um, and, you know, uh, she's someone, and Rika's someone who studied the myths and the legends. She knows about Garbo. She knows about all that. I think she's internalized a lot of that. But I think, you know, I wish I wish someone would tell her, we just want to see you act. You know, you're yeah. so great at this. You're one of the greatest. Or reality show. I can only imagine her house is like giant pictures of Madame X on the wall. Right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. She's got the, she's got the Champak Lal uh, design aesthetic down. Well, and I, I just, I find it so frustrating because, you know, you see someone like, like Amitabh Bachchan and Rishi Kapoor who, you know, age doesn't slow them down at all, you know, but, but for women, for women, it's a very, it's a very different story. And it's, it's such a double standard, you know, Rekha's younger than Meryl Streep. I just had to look this up. Um, she's 64, you know, and, and 
She could, I think she could be doing kind of okay, remake some of, of the, some of the types of roles, obviously in Bollywood, but like, you know, if the roles are out there for Meryl Streep, Bollywood could create some stuff for her as well. A remake of Ricky and the Flash. <laughs> you could call it Ricky and the Flash. <laughs> I mean, I really like Ricky and the Flash. You know, I'm a big Demi stan. What if the big, what if the big, uh, like sort of remakes that we always wish for is, uh, Devil Wears Prado with Rika? Oh, yeah. See, exactly. This is why I don't think the, the Meryl Streep, uh, kind of a, that's not necessarily that I'm trying to make a comparison, but it's just like, people are always going to create, um, films to showcase Meryl Streep, right? Because she's so iconic, uh, and she's so talented. And so I just, I feel like people should be creating roles for Rebecca. She could be in Annette Benning in uh, Captain Marvel type role. <laughs> yeah, I mean, isn't Deepika Padukone doing uh, a superhero film? Uh, there we so go. She could be like the mentor figure. Yeah. You know, yeah. Something like that. And that would allow her to stay in Rekha drag, right? Like robes and headdresses and so on and so forth. It would be amazing. That would be but, cool. Yeah, I think I think there's also an unwillingness on her part yeah. to be part of the machinery. Um, you know, I think Rekha does believe that she's remained big. It's the films that have got smaller, mm-hmm. you know. Um, while Madhuri is someone who engages very directly with the system, she's a very, very shrewd uh, sort of player. She's someone who's managed to evolve with the time, and she's uh, she's uh, she's creating opportunities for herself. She produces. Uh, she's got her own dance app. Uh, so I think Madhuri is really? like... <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Huh. Uh, it's called Dance with Madhuri. I think she's creating a whole new kind of career for the 50-plus um, actress in Bollywood. Like, uh, for... Um, a small like TV audiences and most in most uh Desi families are watching TV rather than going to the movies mm-hmm. regularly, right? Mm-hmm. To see Matri Dixit on their, you know, midriff out doing like a sexy song from her like twenties on TV, reclaiming her own sort of um heritage as an actress and being like, I'm still sexy. Like at 51, 52, 53, and my husband's there in, in the audience and he's proud. <laughs> um it's challenging a status quo that like no one has challenge like hmm. if you think of madhuri having done Ghajama in the 80s hima malini was playing her mom uh and anil kapoor's mother-in-law um at 40 you know or like less than that and she hmm. looked pristine so madhuri is challenging that already hmm. right like even i think a lot of people got really mad that she said no to dil dharakne though uh shifali shah's role but she's absolutely right in not wanting to play 32 year old's mom yeah you know? mm-hmm back when she was maybe 48, you know, like that's ridiculous. So I think, um, I hope like the fact that Madhuri is changing things in such an intentional way, um, prompts a lot of these other actresses. Juhi Chawla, you know, this, uh, this, in, uh, this, um, uh, inter- iteration of her career as like uh, a character actress. And she was so wonderful in Ek Larki Ko Dekha To Aisa Laga. Like it would be lovely to see Rekha in something like that. So I hope that like makes, makes you know i I don't know it's comforting to her in some way or like emboldens her in some way to just come and act Mm -hmm. um that's the hope yeah it'd be nice to get like um she wouldn't necessarily have the opportunity to kind of do the record drag but it'd be nice to see kind of one of those like um what what we always fondly call as geriatric cinema love stories so kind of like like the stuff that blythe danner is doing now with like a book club (laughs) or even like a book club no i was thinking like um Oh, what's the one that she just did? I'll follow you in my dreams where she's romancing Sam Elliott. Hmm. Uh, something like, you know, like in kind of like the lunchbox vein of, of kind of that tone. Yeah, sure. But again, like she wouldn't necessarily have the opportunity to be like the, that tone is a bit more subdued. It's yeah. more naturalistic. So she wouldn't necessarily have the 
opportunity to be over the top. If she wants to do Jane Fonda, though, yeah, I'm all sense. for that. <laughs> yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Uh, Rekha and Jaya Bachchan for Grease and Frankie. That would be your casting. <laughs> there we go. We've we found we found the project, and I mean, like, there's so much more streaming series now. That's yeah. that's what needs to happen. Amazingly enough, I already have the rights to that project too, so like, we can get this done next week. <laughs> All right, I think that brings us to the end. Yeah. Um, so, Sal, how can people find you online to see your witticisms and award-winning memes? <laughs> So I am at Sal and the Bad Pun on Twitter. So that's Sal and the Bad Pun. Uh, on Twitter, I occasionally write for Bollybrit. Uh, so I do like, you know, essays and reviews and things. Um, and uh, hopefully, uh, you know, we can have this chat again. So you can find me back on Bollywood mm -hmm. and Lovers. Perfect. Uh, this was super duper fun. And I'm so grateful uh, you brought me on. Um, it's also great because it's uh, actually uh, trans, uh, International Trans Year of Visibility. Mm -hmm. um, so it's really cool to be like heard and audible and visible, I guess, uh, talking about something I love so much um, on a podcast I love so much. Well, thank you so much for coming on. Like like I was saying, we've been wanting to do this for a while and we just, we appreciate so much all of your wisdom and everything that you know about Bollywood because Matt and I are still very new at this. Uh, we, and we, we stand a legend. You've put so much into context for us and given up so many other movies that now we really want to check out. Mm -hmm. So thank you so much. We really appreciate it. We will be back in two weeks with a new episode and building off of our discussion of Akshay Kumar mm -hmm. as an action star, we're going to be looking at three uh, newer contemporary films uh, starring Akshay Kumar in his action mode. I guess we'll judge this later, but quote-unquote some of his prestige action films. We're going to be looking at Baby, Special 26, and Holiday. In the meantime, Matt, how can people keep up with the show? Well, you can uh, look us up on Facebook uh, slash Bollywood is for Lovers. We're on Twitter at BollywoodPod. I'm there too, at Matt underscore B-O-W-E-S. I'm at Erin E. Fraser, E-R-N-E, F-R-A-S-C-R. If you're a fan of the show, please consider leaving us a star rating and a review on Apple Podcasts. We haven't had any new reviews in a while, so it'd be great to, to get a new one sometime soon. We'll read it out on uh, air. Check out our Tumblr, bollywoodisforlovers.tumblr.com. And I also do another podcast weekly with uh, Paul Matwichuk. We just did an episode on the 20th anniversary of 10 Things I Hate About You, and also... Ethan Hawke's Hamlet. So, yeah, go listen to that if that sounds interesting. Yeah. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.